news, everyone. Yes, good news indeed for all you Futurama fans because we've just launched our brand new Tales of Futurama podcast available exclusively on Patreon. What we've done is we've gone all the way back to the beginning and we're going to review the complete first season of this amazing show. But that's not all. We've also just launched our brand new movie review podcast where each month we're going to review some of our favorite films, both past and present. And we've just kicked things off with an in-depth review of Marvel's Avengers Infinity War. Also, if trivia is your thing, then you're going to love my brand new trivia podcast where I'm going to test your Simpsons knowledge and see just how much you really know about our favorite four-fingered family. As a four-finger discount patron, you'll also get exclusive cast and crew interviews of the past, plus some pretty exciting interviews we've got lined up in the near future. You'll also get access into our exclusive Facebook group where you get to have daily banter with both Mitch and myself. Oh, and of course, you'll get access into our monthly prize draws where we give away both a minor and a major prize valued up to $100. So what are you waiting for, guys? Jump on the bandwagon and join the four-finger discount family. Not only will you be supporting the show, but you'll also be helping us achieve our dream of one day quitting our jobs in order to bring you more and more weekly Four Finger Discount Podcast. Oh. <laughs> I got food through the mail, but in a different way. Every month, good housekeeping arrives in my mailbox, bursting with recipes. Sometimes the most satisfying meal is the one you cook yourself. Hmm, that's very true, Marge. One night, Whiff and I came home late, and we decided not to wake Iris, and instead, we microwaved our own soup. Of course, it was a horrible mess, but Iris didn't mind cleaning it up. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review scenes of class struggle in Springfield. I am Dando. I'm Mitch. What's wrong? Well, news has come to light, Dando, that makes me question whether or not there's any point in us continuing this show this week. Um, it's not about Jesus, me. is it? It's not about Jesus, no. Stephen Fry has a podcast now. Oh, well, we can't the, compete, can we? The great Stephen Fry, uh, his podcast is called Great Leap Years. So what the fuck's the point of me talking into this? No one's going to be listening. <laughs> Does Stephen Hawking ever do a podcast? Um, probably more of a blog. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier. Uh, yeah, but um, I haven't checked it out. But I was just flicking through my Pocket Casts feed and came along with Stephen Fry. I'm, I'm sure oh, he's done that for a while now. Fuck off, Stephen. Hey. Previously, no, I, I thought everything he'd done beforehand. He's done a lot of radio things for the BBC, but a lot of what you find on him is at least behind the paywall of um, Amazon with Audible, yeah. but now he's just pumping out the good stuff for free, so what's the point? Everyone just unsubscribed from our show, didn't frankly, they? Frankly, I, I just want to go and listen to his anyway. What is he, what is his show about? Let's, let's stop talking about Stephen Fry. So, is, is that the only reason you're down this week? It's about great years of leaps forward of human history. Yes, it's the only reason I'm down this week, and I'm, I'll be able to perk up pretty quick. So, Scenes of Class Struggle in Springfield. This is an episode that I've always really, really loved. I've just always found it very relatable growing up in a pretty lower to middle class family. I mm-hmm. feel like the way The Simpsons respond to the people at the country club is exactly how my family would respond yeah okay except for marge there's no one in my family who would try and be those people that's fair and i think that for me as well like they i can also agree with when you bump into someone that's too high status and they're too waspy yeah that you'd be like yeah i'm not gonna be able to go along with you but by the same token i'm like that perfect level of middle class where if i'm also hanging out with someone that's super country then I am probably to that person what these people are. <laughs> like, did I tell you about trying to get a beer at the footy the other week? 
at my brother's game? No. Please do. Some this might where, be where was this game? Newlin, which is about an hour past Bell or maybe forty five minutes past Ballarat. Compare it to where? What oh. kind of what kind of the, the vibe of the place? Okay, so it's the sort of place where you've got it's the sort of place that you can drive through the town in five minutes. There's one service station, an RSL, supermarket's probably half an hour away, and the football oval is completely surrounded by paddocks and you can see rolling hills in the background. There are no houses whatsoever. But the whole town comes to watch the footy game? That oh, kind yeah. Of vibe? Yeah, 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 yeah. 10 bucks to get... T- 10 bucks entry yep. and it is packed. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Bretzel was playing... Oh, you were that, saying that, yeah. Form, form, form form but tell us about the beer. So, this might be lost on some international listeners, but I've walked into the bar and I see Great Northerns, which I'm not a massive fan of. They're a beer that filtered their way down from Queensland. And then I see this can um, stubbies that were blue. Uh, so, being from Geelong, and I mean, they're in Melbourne, these beers are big in Melbourne, big in WA, I'm like, I'll have a furfy, thanks, mate. Guy looks at me like I'm speaking another language. <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh, um, fur, furfy, uh, he's like, what do you want? What was it? Um, it was a cut and dry. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was that thing, it's like fucking furfy, we have, we have draft and dry here, mate, or you can fuck off. This isn't a brewery, buddy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you want me to pour that into a fucking glass for you, do you? <laughs> so anyway, that like I can relate to the to both sides of the coin. Like when you are a little bit too pompous for your own good, as I, well as when you're not quite pompous enough to fit in. I hate it when you go to a pub though, and they have it, it's like they try and pretend like they're not just a standard pub. They'll have mm. all these boutique beers on tap. Odyssey Tavern in Torquay. Yeah, just you, just give me a, a pure blonde. Just yeah. Give me a normal beer. Yeah, anything. Don't have furfies there. Let's not shit on at the, the place. Odyssey. No. Really? No. What? No, that, it's entirely unique. Support I, local, guys. I didn't recognize... Well, no, it's all local. It's just not that ah, local. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not the enemy. I think they do their own. I think they are a brewery themselves. Okay. Well, speaking of us and them, we've got here. I've always seen this episode as, as like an us and them story. It's mm-hmm. really not. The the people that live in the... Uh, that go to the country club, they're actually quite accepting of the Simpsons family. Despite the scathing comments. Yeah. yeah like, I think Marge took it all to heart a lot more than it was intended to yeah. be taken to heart. Marge didn't have to pretend to be someone she was not. When she first went to that um that get together with the women, she brought up that anecdote about the is it good housekeeping the magazine about cooking. Was, yeah, she was just being herself, and they liked that. They went along with that yeah. about the time that they had to microwave their own soup. Yeah, how great is that? Oh, story? we made a complete mess of it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't mind cleaning it up in the morning. <laughs> but actually, this this episode has a lot of layers, and it gives us more of an insight into Marge because I've always seen like Lisa. She's one of the. She's probably the most wasted opportunity on this show when it comes to potential. Overall, yeah. like, episode of to episode. characters, yep. yeah. But Marge's as well, and it's really highlighted here. Like, what could have happened to her? What could she have achieved had she not married Homer? Yeah, or had... Well, what what uh, what does she become when Colonel Clink shows She's Homer? the president. She's the president. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, hang on, am I conflating Was she the first lady? No, Mrs. President. Mrs. Yeah, Madam yeah, President. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I thought I might have been conflating her with Lisa for a second. No, but no. yeah, the sky could have been the limit for her. And you look at the way we was, like she was a phenomenal student. But that in itself is also kind of the magic and the beauty of Marge, that she's not about personal glory. She's about her family. Yeah. Like Even when she's debating whether or not she wants to buy the dress. Yeah. Trying to justify a, or like, you know, if only it was a dress that we could all wear. Mm. No, I'll buy it. It'll be good for the economy. <laughs> Just to justify something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it does mean that because of that, sometimes her storylines are dull because she never gets outside of that box. But it also, I think, kind of speaks to a nice little wholesomeness about her that she's just a family woman. It's also relatable in the sense that I think at some point or another, 
all of us, all of us listening, have wanted to be someone that we're not. Yeah, I think we all aspire to be someone that we probably know or, we can't achieve. Yeah, or even just another version of you. It's not necessarily about, geez, I wish I was, um, or oh, Guy Fawkes, but because he's dead and historic. But it, but about like, I know deep down, if I had the ability to sing, I would be a really kick-ass frontman. Like, that's just this thing that I've always known would be true. I've always, I've felt the exact same way. I would just yeah. love to just, I know I'd go out on stage and just mesh it up. Yeah. And the banter between songs would be top notch, <laughs> which is what I often judge a concert by. <laughs> if you can make me laugh between between numbers, then I'm, I'm happy. And it, you sort of have, the, I have that feeling sometimes where I feel like I could write good songs, but I don't even bother because I know I can't sing them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely get that. Yeah. Yeah. There's also like this other thing that I get when it comes, if you want to put it in the terms of trying to be someone else and I feel like Marge has hit this here where sometimes someone is the perfect level of being good enough that it inspires you to want to go out and do something so or back in the Simpsons episode here that they'd be like the perfect status that you're like yeah I want to be this person's friend and I can be this person's friend that might be like a uh, Ruth Powers or something like that was for Marge whereas then you step into this next level where the people are like you want to be some someone who is so good at what they do, it's actually intimidating to you. And even though they inspire you, they absolutely freeze you. So for me, that sort of person is Daniel Kitson. I watch a lot of his, um, I've seen a lot of his shows and it is so spellbinding that it makes me equally want to do it, but also never pick up a pen because I know I can't be as good as that. Yep. And that's in a social status, what Marge is going through here. She wants to be these women, but she knows she never can be these women. And that ultimately holds her back from any chance of ever becoming them. I think that's why I like wrestling so much is that I respect the abilities they have to be able to pick up a live microphone and go out in front of millions of people live every week and just reel off a 20-minute promo. Like, with a straight face. Yeah, with the, yeah, but just, just have the confidence to just go out there and just nail it. Yeah. like It, it takes something else to do that, especially The Rock. Like the Rock, he just had something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a definite amount of charisma and not caring that this is not what the six-year-olds turned on the TV for. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Dad, when are they going to (laughs) fight? Now, do you feel Marge was an unlikable... Sorry, then you come back from a commercial, they're halfway into the match. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what you missed. Do I feel like Marge is an unlikable Unlikable person? I feel by the end, she's a very unlikable person. It's not not very often you get to say that. Uh, it's because she's not being someone who she is, who she normally is. She's changed. Well, it's it's an unlikable side to her. That's true. I yeah. don't want to go as far as to say that she's an unlikable person because this side of her is bad. Yeah, I see. You know, you can empathise with her and see that she's just in this realm where she's become all encompassed by trying to fit in yep, and yep. trying to keep up appearances, keep up with the Joneses. You know, I don't hold all that against her necessarily. So no, I don't think she's unlikable, but she shows unlikable traits. Yep. I've seen this as also a similar story or similar episode to uh, to Team Homo in the sense that it really emphasizes the the power and the status that people put into clothing. Yeah, like with the pin pals. Pin pals, the school uniforms at school. Yep. Um, and then with Marge's Chanel suit. I love how they tell the story through the dress. So every time Marge alters the dress, she alters as well with it. Yeah. And to the point where once the dress disintegrates, that's sort of her boiling point. Yes. But in this episode, do you see him as a wasted opportunity? Because I did. You don't see enough of him at the country club. You feel I feel like he is the one character that would have been the easiest to write to do stupid shit at the country club. You never see him doing anything. Yeah. You only hear of his story of taking the hand towels. Yeah, that's very true. But maybe it was purely a... I mean, at the expense of what? Because the Burns home storyline... It wasn't missing line. it. I got to the end and I thought, oh, I've never really noticed. And that's probably a good thing. That the fact that I never actually noticed that Bart's not in this episode much. Yeah. 
but it just seems like, oh, well, that probably would have been an easier character to write for. Could have been. It's also just the obvious thing, though. Yeah. Like, and maybe maybe for that reason, they that's probably the first couple ideas they put up on the whiteboard, and then suddenly you come up with the idea of Homer being a prodigy golf talent going one-on-one with Burns. Which is fantastic. Yeah, and I what I did really like is that none of the family, and, and this may be why you couldn't go with that Bart angle, none of the family actually did any of the things that Marge was terrified of them doing. Mm, which, but they were, they were threatening to, though. Yeah, threatening to, but had you actually seen them do that, then suddenly Marge has a point with all of yeah. her worry, and she's no longer the bad guy in the story, and she doesn't have her moment of realisation at the end. By not showing Bart get up to mischief, then every time she's like, no, stop doing that, stop doing that, or no, no none of this... Then it's like, yeah, they're not doing it. Relax, and then like, so it kind of further pushes her yeah. down that dark direction in the viewer's eyes. And you going to your point of was she a bad person? You need to see bad elements of her as a viewer to then have it pay off when she sees those bad elements in herself. I think this is the worst up to this point that we've seen, Marge. Can you recall another time when she's been seen so negatively? Uh, well, I mean, in some people's eyes, when she was, was nearly about to, to sleep, sleep with, with Jacques, the only other. But she was kind of pushed into that. Yeah. By inattentiveness. And, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But there would certainly be people that take a hardline stance and go, no, that was awful. There's also not a very whole lot of memorable like one-liners in this episode. For some reason, I thought it was full of them. And I always thought that the Homer golf story was in the episode more. It's only really the last sort of act. It doesn't play a major mm. role, but it's just so memorable. And I think the reason this episode does stand out so much is because of the, the change in uniform. So Homer's golfing uniform. I love it. It's such an underrated Homer costume. Yeah. The hat, the glasses, when he's in bed. He's yeah. dressed as the golfer. Yeah. God, I love that sh- that scene, that shot. But Marge Chanel's suit. So, it's a one and done, but everyone remembers this episode for the suit. Yeah, And you definitely. just imagine how much of a pain in the ass this episode would have been for the animators. A whole new cast of characters, constantly changing Marge's suit. New scenery as well, not yeah. just the characters. Just everything's new about this episode. So fresh. Yeah. yeah. So, what was your favorite moment from the episode? Small thing. Mostly because this is a joke that's ahead of its time. Okay. I really liked... Uh, the different takes on names in upper society. So, Elizabeth. Rabatar. Rather than Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like... I mean, th- I'm sure there would be people out there now called Elizabeth. And a little bit of me dies every time I hear someone insist that that's how it's pronounced. Or like... Maybe they're Simpsons fans on us in the Marge. Yeah. Simpsons. <laughs> you know how there's like... There's Sarah and there's Sarah. And yeah. Sarah is S-A-R-A. Yeah. And Sarah is S-A-R-A-H. Like Sarah Connor. When's, yes, like Sarah Connor. <laughs> that's how it would have gone today. Like, if that movie was made today, Sarah Garner, <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> and then bang, and he would have been justified in shooting her in the head. <laughs> if I told you the story about the guy I saw on Judge Judy, whose name was Heavenly, <laughs> but it was spelt heaven dash L-E-I-G-H. Oh, God. So it was a hyphenated name. <laughs> yeah. Heavenly. Oh, Speaking well, of terrible name names. works for a boy or a girl. Yes. So that was your favorite moment. Mine was... The sound and the animation and the delivery. Smithers? Krusty getting hit with the club. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, that was pretty great. And, and then Tom, Tom Kite, Kite running bail- away. <laughs> Bails on the situation. Oh, that's incredible. Um, Smithers eating Burns's cake. Oh, yes. Mm. It was- <laughs> <laughs> What's he say? I pickled the figs myself. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so I asked on... Well, actually, I didn't ask. I was going to ask, but Steve Matthews beat, beat me to, to it. it. In the exclusive Facebook Patreon group, if you want to be a member of that, it's only $2 plus on patreon.com slash discount. Daily banter with Mitch and Dando. But we asked for... He asked 
for new names for the episode. Yeah. And I picked out my favorite from the ones that went in the comments. And my favorite comes from Jake Taylor, and he said, The Devil Wears Chanel. Which is not too bad. I like well it. done, Jake. Yes. A couple others changed the Chanel March. Mm-hmm. So that came from Tom Hoare and Shane Gavin and a few other people. Kind of Mugford with Happy Homore going with the golf line. Ha- happy what, sorry? Happy Homore okay. instead yep, of Happy yep, Gilmore. Yep. That's an episode in itself. Have Gil playing golf. Gil? Yeah. Old Gil. Yeah, that could work. I watched uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross the other day for a taste of Gil. Yeah. Rob Crasser, or Crazer, 99 pink Chanel suits. And I was like, well, what you know, what are you getting at there? And then he said, work kind of fits the melody if you force it. He's gone for... So, 99 pink Chanel suits. <laughs> That's not bad. Which I think is the actual lyrics. What about that? that, that There's a movie, 27 Dresses. What about 27 Chanel Dresses? Yeah, that could have worked as well. Uh, Luke McKay threw in one for Two Bad Neighbours. Bushwhacked, just getting in a little bit late. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Sabo, well-fitted, poorly suited. Bushwhacked, and I like that. That's good. My, <laughs> my own, which got uh, not quite as many likes as The Devil Wears Chanel, probably because not as many people have seen this. No Country Club for Old Men. Now it's time for one of my favourite parts of the entire show, and it's a trivia. Mitch, what have you got for us this week? Right now, something in my eye. Yeah, what happened there? I don't know. Sort of like I had a spasm. Mm. Hold on, we'll get there. You look like your eye's going black. What happened? <laughs> Someone threw a golf club at me. Oh. On the Golf clap <laughs> on, uh, on the way over here. Tom quite didn't help you. How many prongs does the Carnivale have? Two. I love the fact that he describes just the structure of the television. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, Not even the actual features. Perf- yeah, nothing a bit of the performance. Where does Brandine work? Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. What card was Bart showing when Marge tells him no grifting? Oh, raspberries. Uh, Queen or something? It was the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades. Okay. Nice Lemmy impersonation. Thank there. you. <laughs> Terrible impersonation. I can't sing. I told you this. Yes. How much was Marge saving by buying the Chanel dress? Oh, was it $2,800 now to 90 Yes. Quick math. So quick maths would tell me that was $2,710. Correct. What two animals do you see mounted on the wall up under the, in the entrance, entry hall of the country club? I'm going to say a deer. Nope. A lion. No. What? But a moose and a rhino. Moose and a rhino. Yeah, big game. Bad people. Bad, bad people. Where does Homer suggest going for dinner? Obviously a lot of dentists. Yes. Yeah. Where does Homer suggest um, going for dinner? No, no, you've got me on that. Spurlock's Cafeteria, it is. Well done. My final question is mm-hmm. how far is the eighth hole? What distance? Uh, par five? It it's is a par five. 550? It is it's, exactly it's 550 fives. yards. Yeah. Yep, well done. I've got uh, the th- uh, first hole. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the eighth one was. So what, how far was the first hole and what par was it? Ooh. It was par, um, par four? Par three. Par three. 156 yards. 275. That's a long par three. That's not a par three. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You're a natural, Mr. Simpson. It's a short par four, but it's not a It's not a par three. Unless I was just half asleep and did say par four. I'm pretty sure I said par three, though. Uh, what year did Burns lose to Nixon? 60. Nope. 50. Nope. 73. Four. Yeah. Nearly. <laughs> <laughs> and two more questions. What does Salma call her red dress? That Marge tries on. Oh, I was too busy being repulsed. Yeah, fantasy in maroon. And finally, for this week, for the trivia, how much did Marge spend on the new dress? And it's how much credit they're going to have at Chanel. $3,300. $3,300, yes. A couple of facts. This was the first time a female writer and director were both credited in the same episode. It was written by Jennifer Crittenden and directed by Susie, I'm going to say Dieta. Apologies if I've pronounced that incorrectly. D-I-E-T-T-E-R. I'm sure she's listening. Dieta. No, maybe her family's listening. You never know. Uh, the episode's title is a parody of the film. Do you know? Oh, um, so it's 
No. The same thing, just it's Beverly Hills. So scenes from ah, Flashback Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Yeah, okay. And finally, Marge's dress is based on a real Chanel suit and similar also to what Jackie Kennedy used to wear. It is very similar to Jackie Kennedy's famous mm. pink dress. That's where they got the inspiration from. So, anything else you'd like to mention before we get into the review, Mitch? No, there is something else I'd like to mention, but I'll wait until we get to the actual moment. Okay. This episode of Four Finger Discount is brought to you by Big Roddy's Rip and Rib Shack, Brisbane's home of delicious barbecue. Roddy's Rib Shack is one of Brisbane's favourite barbecue places. They serve up delicious food, not only ribs, but they do great burgers. They do veggie burgers, so they cater for all sorts. And you'll save 10% off your food and drinks bill with the code, it's a secret. Roddy's Ribs is also available for group bookings and functions. Head to bigroddysribs.com to find out more. The original air date was February 4th, 1996. Uh, there was no chalk gag, and the couch gag was that the living room is full of black light. Homer walks in, turns on the light, and everything goes back to normal. A little cool little soundtrack as he walks in, yeah. too. I've always wondered what it was. It says black light on Wikipedia. It's just a weird sort of light, isn't it? Everything's sort of green, like neon. Yeah. I didn't know whether it was a reference to anything, but it doesn't say so. I, I don't know. Like, they use a black light in... Gone in 60 seconds to like hide hidden messages and stuff like okay. that. So, you know, like there are some lights that only show under black light. Yeah, yeah. Um, crime scene investigation was all about black white, like it's just semen everywhere. Is it, um, <laughs> which I think is what they say, in, isn't it? In, um, in Super Bad, <laughs> like oh, yeah, it's yeah. just semen everywhere, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it kicks off with the family, they're watching the Bumblebee Man. I never realized, but the Bumblebee Man's very similar to Mr. Bean. In that it's just a mm. man who is essentially... Well, Mr. Bean wasn't always mute. It's just Pratt Falls, yeah. It's just him doing just shit going wrong for him. Prefer it when he was mute. Mr. Bean? Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, for he, me, Mr. Bean... occasionally. It's like Charlie Chaplin... Well, in the movie Chaplin, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. And I'm sure this would have been taken from Charlie's sort of, you know, real thoughts on the matter. I haven't that, seen the film. Is it great? It is really, really good. It's a phenomenal performance from Downey Jr. The performance is probably better than the movie. Okay. But the movie is still very good. Mm-hmm. But he talks about how having the tramp talk, because talkies were starting to come in, would kill the magic of it. And he relates it to Nijinsky. Like, the, you know, if Nijinsky performed in the ballet and then came down and started talking to people, the magic would be gone. And that happened with Bean. In Bean, the ultimate disaster movie, as soon as he spoke, I was like, this isn't right. It's not the Bean that I know. But he spoke in the very first episode. Did he? Yeah, when you well, goes, the vast majority of them yeah, he yeah. did not. But did, did he talk? Maybe proper, the did, did occasional he say a couple of words, or did he actually talk in the I movie? Think he actually talks in the movie because in the, beyond the occasional couple mumbles, I don't mind it when he just says "bean." Yeah, you know when he uh, he's doing this school exam in the very first episode, and he's trying oh, to cheat from the guy yeah, next to him. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. He says, yeah. "Mummy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, the occasional word, fine. I just don't like sentences. Yeah, yeah. He shouldn't be anyway, talking like a normal person. Beside the point. Yes. Um, Bumblebee Man actually reminded me of a short film that I. Did with a mate of mine a little while ago. I've got to try to find if this is on YouTube still. Is this the Mario thing? No, it was called Open Sesame. It was an eternal struggle to try and open a beer bottle. The reason it reminded me is because at one point I had to do a thing where like string tied to a door handle, see me tying string around the beer bottle and then put the beer bottle in my mouth by the lid, slam the door shut and then a couple of little bits of PK chewing gum subbing in his teeth go flying across <laughs> the uh, camera. <laughs> What would we have to type on YouTube to find that? It it was called Open Sesame. Oh, that's not going to (laughs) help. There's going to be plenty of videos (laughs) called Open Sesame. Maybe Open Sesame Grinter? Maybe. I'm not sure if the channel was defunct, to be perfectly honest. If anyone... YouTube it right now, just so we can save them the the hassle and time of doing it. Open Sesame. Cool in the gang. No, it appears very much to be uh, not there anymore. Okay. Which really, really sucks. I'll (laughs) see if I can find that somewhere and get it up for the patrons. Put it in the patron group, for sure. Um, Yeah. Anyway. 
So Grandpa is not impressed with watching Bumblebee Man. He wants to change the channel, but he just ruins the television. Yep. Great animation and sound of the TV falling forward. Just boom! And the little mushroom cloud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Drop him off at the old folks' home. Now, this took me back, right? To the time you dropped your grandfather at the old folks' home. (laughs) (laughs) They scream out, yay, we're getting a new TV. They're so pumped. It reminded me of the time when... Because you know when you're a kid and the family gets a new TV, it's Mm. a monumental moment. Yeah, I remember... It's an event. I remember... The two, two, the the two big TV purchases in my yep. family's lifetime. Yeah, yeah. One of them was so big that Dad let me stay home from school because Twister had just come out on video. Awesome. Uh, we were the first family, according to Blockbuster, we were the first family in the three two one six postcode to rent Twister. That's, That's like cool. my one claim to on fame. DVD or video VHS VHS because the first the first movie on DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have that then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next purchase. Yeah. <laughs> but I still remember when my dad and mum bought the biggest TV available at the time, which was an 80 centimeter television. Oh, wowee. It was enormous. And the first thing that we watched I have was. one of those in my car now. <laughs> <laughs> my smartphone's bigger. <laughs> but the uh, Simpsons uh, Fan Fest, which was running during the 2000 Olympics. There's yeah, nothing right. But Simpsons 24 hours a day. That was the first thing I watched on the 80 centimeter television was the Simpsons. I couldn't um, believe how big they were. Yep. It was like the greatest day of my life. Picking up things you'd never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so they're going to the Ogdenville outlet store to get a TV because they can't afford the normal stores. Yeah. Go through a lot of real gimmicky TVs, which I kind of, uh, without writing down any of the examples of what they were. Phonic or something? Oh, no, not the fake titles where they were um, like, I want to get this sort of TV or I want to get that sort of TV. Oh, the kids, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of. Like, it's a nice little thing of making fun of the fact that televisions, when you go to buy them, there is so much bullshit that goes into selling a TV. Like, for what is essentially, like, the only question that you need to worry about is, if I sit down and look at it, how's it look? That's fine. Cool. And, like, as much as I'm a nerd, I know the technical specs behind it, but you get so bogged down in, does it have HDR or does it have... You know, 100 frames per second, 200 frames per second, 300 frames per second. Is it smart TV? Is it curved? Is it does it tilt forward? Does it tilt backwards? Can I mute it? Can I like it? It's just so much. So much goes into it that is completely irrelevant. It's like buying a mobile phone. Remember when 3D was a thing? That was the selling point, and yeah. everyone went, "Oh, wait a minute, 3D is actually pretty shit." Yeah. <laughs> but I remember when I bought my TV, my big TV in the lounge room. Yeah. I walked in and I went. I want that one. <laughs> I bought that one. That's all you need. Um, what's my big bugbear at the moment? 4K TV. Because unless you're like... I've got screen, a 4K player, so that's the only thing. Well, that's fine if you've got yeah. a 4K player. But for the most part, your eye is not actually good enough to pick up on the nah. perceptions anyway. Nah. You just get a normal Blu-ray filmed with a better quality camera and it's going to look the fucking same to you. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's... that that. That was I was listening to the kids rattle off. That's what it grinds my gears. Yeah, I got. <laughs> it was like we're all being taken for a ride. By the way, four finger discounts now going to be filmed in four K for all yeah. the listeners out 4K there. Four K audio. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's the best audio your eyes have ever heard. Uh, seen. Best audio your eyes. Uh, no, ear, that's fine. Eyes have heard. That's ears funny have the seen. Way it was. <laughs> uh, so the bit the wise guy here, who sells home the TV. Uh, and yeah, Homer's yeah. like you. I don't want to hear about the specs. Just you wrap it up. I'll start bringing in the pennies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, f- the funny thing being that the TV looks exactly the same as what they've already got. As what they've already Just got. Just shitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Cletus finds a top for Brandon. So this is sort of like a plant for later on. A bit of a gag for Cletus. But Lisa finds the Chanel suit from yes. March. Now this is what I was going okay. to mention. Uh, just as a sidebar, they actually... Did you notice on the way to Octonville, they're so far out that they drive past former Japanese internment camps? I did say that, yeah. Um... The Chanel suit. Yes. 
is it actually a Chanel suit? Well, I couldn't tell you. Because I'm pretty sure, and I had never picked up on this until this episode, it was a knockoff brand Chanel. And huh? it wasn't actually a Chanel so suit. it wasn't spelt the right way? I'm pretty or... sure it was spelt with a W, one L. With a W? W-A-N-E-L. What, so, one L? Yeah. Find, um, f- go Frankie Yak, find this. I'm doing it for you now. How did you not have this prepared? Like, this is groundbreaking stuff. Um, well, you know me. I, th- I think you may be wrong now. I'm pretty sure I saw the word Chanel. I don't think I am. Maybe I think uh, what's the um, what's that line from Swordfish? What the eyes see and the ears hear, the mind believes. But what I um, if if what I'm saying is correct, and I am just pulling up Frankiak. You did find the 911 in the monorail image that time. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's yes. Actually, thank you for reminding me of the other time that I was groundbreaking. <laughs> so she actually says, "Can it be a real Chanel?" It is. It is. Yeah. If you have a look at the way her thumbs position, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's trying to fool herself. There is no way that she's crimping an H in the way that is it's, written. It's just not drawn properly. No. Is that the only time you see? It is the only time you see the label. Hmm. Yeah, that's not a H. It's definitely not a H, and it's also not a C. Does Chanel have one L? It does, doesn't it? Yeah, Chanel has one L. So I think I it, think they've just drawn it wrong. No. <laughs> I think what's happened is March has found... It does look like Wainel. Why would that be the only label dress in that store where everything else is a knockoff brand? So it's a knockoff brand. The same way Homer yeah, was fooled into thinking that Panasonic's was an actual, like, Panasonic, Marge has been fooled into thinking that this is an actual Chanel dress. And the fact that, like, the label is X amount marked down to whatever is just because they were only ever going to sell it for 90 anyway. 90 is probably... Five times more than what it's worth. It's like when you buy something from a stall in Bali. Yeah, yeah. You know, like oh, this down to this, and but the second this is still six times more yes. than what they actually need for it. Yeah. Um. So I think I've blown the lid right open. I am open to hear people's thoughts on this because this is this is pretty money. But post that in the group right now. Oh, uh, okay. So people who are listening, they know they can get involved live with the show. I know there's one way we can resolve this. We've got Bill's Bill number. Bill Oakley. Yes, let's call Bill right now, live on the show, <laughs> and ask him the answer. He'll be asleep right now, most likely. Uh, I was going to say, it's going to be uh, out of hours. For yes. <laughs> we could tweet him. We could tweet him. Tweet him yeah, tweet him the picture and ask him what he says. Maybe this would be one of those things where Simpsons, former Simpsons writer tweets this and then fucking all these other websites just claim it. Anyway, so getting back to the episode, Marge decides to spoil herself because she doesn't do it very often, does she? And it's, it, we mentioned it before. It's nice how she tries to justify a reason to buy the dress because she can't just accept the fact that she wants to buy it for herself. It's just she just can't bring herself yeah. to do it. Yeah, exactly right. She never does anything for herself and it continues uh, very strongly here. And I wanted to mention at the start, actually, I lied throughout the episode how happy Lisa is for Marge. Yeah. Marge can't see it and she just gets real angry with her and that's the sort of the moment where she yells at Lisa, why do you have to question everything I do? That's the moment where you go, oh. Hey, Mom, there's something in here. Ooh. Oh, it's beautiful. Can it be a real Chanel? Huh? It is. Ninety dollars. But it's marked down from twenty-eight hundred. Oh, you look so sophisticated, just like Mary Hart. It fits like a dream, too. But we can't afford ninety dollars, even if it is a bargain. It wouldn't be right to buy something just for me. If it were a suit we could all wear, maybe, then... Come on, Mom, you never treat yourself to anything. Oh, sure I do. I treated myself to a Sanka not three days ago. But this is a real fine. Just buy it. You don't have to rationalize everything. Hmm. 
All right, I will buy it. It'll be good for the economy. So she ends up buying the dress. It's just nice to see Marge happy for a change. And she's sort of uh, confident. She flaunts it to Marge, puts the record, uh, flaunts it to Homer, puts the record on and everything. Homer says, you look great. She suggests they should go out somewhere nice. Because really, when you think about it, and it gets shown in the next couple of scenes, she actually has nowhere nice to wear this nice dress. It's, she, yeah, that's Her true. life is at home or at the yeah. Mickey Mart. Which yeah. they show with her vacuuming so in, like, this, in this fancy dress. Yeah, which is a really good pullback and reveal. Is like after she's just been asked, yes. asking, can we go somewhere? You see the opera. And then, yeah, vacuum comes across. And also, a nice little gag about the TV being shit. <laughs> <laughs> vacuum ruins the reception. <laughs> but we also skimmed over Homer's... Oh, I'd love to wear this someplace special. Spurlux Cafeteria, it is. Mm, what about the symphony or the theater? Oh, God. What's the point of going out? We're just going to wind up back here anyway. You said there wasn't much quotable in the episode, but that is one of the all-time Homer lines. It is pretty great. I have used that a couple of times. <laughs> so we get to the quickie mark. And even a poo compliments Marge in the dress because mm, you're looking very prosperous. It's not, we're not, no one's used to seeing Marge dressed this way. She's always in the green dress. And then we get, is it, it's Evelyn, isn't it? It this, is Evelyn. This yeah. Evelyn. Attendant, I'd like some gas. Yes. Now, a poo only has the gas station at the front when it's suitable for the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sometimes it's just a car park. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, but if we didn't have the gas station, we wouldn't get Mr. Burns in his car. You would No. <laughs> so it is absolutely <laughs> worth it. I like that Evelyn calls for roadside assistance. I can't pump it myself. I'm calling AAA. Yes. Then the fact that Marge, again, like this is a kind of sweet, wholesome virtue of Marge. She's been there before. She's like, look, I used to be pretty intimidated, but it's not that hard once you know what you're doing. And Marge here, she knows who Evelyn is. Yeah. Because she was sort of like, not a loser at school, but she wasn't in Evelyn's group. I did marry Homer. Yes, yes. But she didn't think that Evelyn would recognize her or want to talk to her, which is why she didn't really introduce herself. Yeah, exactly. Evelyn notices her and she's like, oh, look at at what you're wearing. I heard you married Homer. Yeah. (laughs) Just the the mouth agape on Evelyn. (laughs) It's brilliant. (laughs) Well, come. (laughs) Um, So Marge teaches her how to use the pump. 90% of the time, if the gas isn't pumping, this is your problem. Automotive skills and fashion sense. Well, you've come a long way from the girl I knew nothing about in high school. We ran with different crowds. You had your debutante balls and skinny dipping. And I had my home shoe repair course. (laughs) Oh, Marge, you haven't changed a bit as far as I know. Say, why don't you drop by the country club tomorrow? Oh, and bring the family. You there, fill it up with petroleum distillate and revulcanize my tires post-haste. It's one of those moments that you forget about, but when it comes around, you're like, fuck, that was great. It's so funny. It's like burns in full Phileas fog around the world in 80 days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly what it is. And then I'll tell you what, another line that I really love comes in the next scene. It's when they're all dressed up. Being invited to the country club. Homer, yeah. I don't think you should wear oh, a tie yes. with a short sleeve shirt. But Superwits does it. I, <laughs> that I, is so good. I like the part, wish I was Superwits, as he's walking off. Yes. <laughs> Because <laughs> if he jumped off a bridge, would you do it? The funny thing about that, like you, you know, people talk about: Do you show The Simpsons to your kids, and when are you going to? Kids, these kids are not going to understand that. Like, no, no one these days is going back and rewatching NYPD Blue. But it, it's just such a joke that's so perfectly of its time, and it now becomes one of those things that. I feel glad that I do get it because it's like I'm being included on an in joke. Yeah, that today's audiences wouldn't understand. Yeah, <laughs> that a, a, a modern audience. Yeah, yeah, a young, yeah. Anyone younger than twenty is not picking up on Zipper Wits, which, which is why 
when I gave my name as Dennis Franz Ferdinand, I did not get any laughs (laughs) (laughs) at Starbucks. So they're going to the country club and Marge is critiquing everything that they wear because she just wants everything to be perfect. She yeah. just, she feels that if the Simpsons family behave the way they normally do, then they won't be welcomed back. Yeah, and that they're going to be judged instantly yeah. is the other thing that she's is like the big undercurrent that these people are going to be looking down at us. Yeah. And I didn't really think that the character of Marge would be the type of person that would want to hang at a country club. You never sort of yeah. saw it in her to think that that's something she aspires to? No, but I guess it's more about like there's that undercut or, or undercurrent of probably wasn't accepted by these girls back in school, so you you kind of still want to be accepted by them when you do get the chance when you're older. Yeah. How sad is it when she goes, "We're not poor." Yeah. You know what it reminded me of actually that scene, or it's probably more later with the uh, but Marge Valleys yeah. is one of the all-time great lines from Beverly Hills Cop when. Eddie drives up to the country club okay. and he's in his rusted out, beat up piece of shit. And the director's saying like the first time they did that, there's nothing. He just gives the keys to the ballet and that's it. And then the director's like, nah, can you come up with something for us? So then the second time he does it, pulls up, gives him the keys. He's like, can you put this in a good spot? Because all this shit happened the last time I parked it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the line that Jim Carrey improvised when he walked out and the guys was drinking Slurpees in Dumb and Dumber? Hey, guys, big gulps, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, see you later. And, and they, were just, they were just there. Yeah, they weren't part of the movie <laughs> no, no, at all. No, no, no. <laughs> that is incredible. That is a claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Imagine if that is beat on Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as they got the footage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, Marge is then introduced, and this is the most awkward moment of the entire episode. Marge, you made it! And you wore that lovely suit. Karin, Gillian, Elizabeth, Patricia, Roberta, Sue Sin, meet Marge. Hello. 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 How are you doing? Pleased to meet you. You look like such a happy bunch of people. That's the trouble with first impressions. You only get to make one. <laughs> that reminds me of a funny apron I saw. Uh, you know, Marge, your family doesn't have to stand in the alcove. They're free to enjoy the club. <sighs> uh, come on, kids. Let's go sit in a car till your mom's done fitting in. So then Marge, what does she do? She goes and fits in. Yeah, just by being herself. And when she starts talking, you sort of think, oh, God, you're doing it again, Marge. But ever throughout the episode, Evelyn sort of, I wouldn't say covers for Marge, but she, like here, where Marge brings up the story, Evelyn's the one to break the ice and go, you know, you're right. Yeah. Oh, like, actually, oh, is it another one that actually says I actually right? thought it was another one. It was the other one, yeah. But there but are still a few girls Evelyn's that yeah, are trying to go along with it. Yeah. Um, it's just the Sue Sin that's the bitchy one. Pretty much. Like, it's a, you know what it is? It's that um, lunch scene in the Titanic when Jack goes, mm. or dinner scene, where Jack goes yeah. to dinner. And you've got Molly there, who's new money, so she doesn't act as stuck up and snobbish as the rest of them. I love that guy, though, in that movie Titanic, the, the snobby boyfriend. Billy Zane. Oh, he's amazing. He plays that to perfection. <laughs> it is, it, every single line that he says is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> so, what's the... Oh, who's the painter that um, she buys something by a... A Monet. He won't amount to anything. <laughs> the rich are different from you and me. Yes, they're better. Socially better. And if we fit in, we can be better too. So today, while the rest of you were out being different, I did a very good job of fitting in. 
So good that Evelyn gave us a guest pass. They might even ask us to join. Oi, Marge. You must have really done a number on those rich suckers. Well, don't thank me. Thank my beautiful new suit. And this is where Marge's slow descent into being a terrible, not a terrible person, but the bad side of Marge coming out begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, got she, a t- she got a taste of it. She did. Like, you see throughout the country club after this, like, little moments of country club life. Yeah. Uh, Kemp Brockman's This is going to be your kid, if you ever have a kid. Damn right. <laughs> I didn't order a bologna sandwich. I ordered an abalone sandwich. I love the guy's name. Fritz, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> And Lisa is just look. Look at these kids. Look, she, look at this. Yeah. Chick. She's a bitch. She's like, trying hard to fight it, trying yeah. to stay out of the lifestyle. But then she sees a pony, and she's gone. Yeah, there's no, there's no going back for Lisa now. It's very and good acting in that. Is this the last time we see Bart at the country club? Actually, at the country club. Besides, when they're well, walking at, at the end, very well might be. Yeah, I just didn't have much of a role in this episode. That doesn't matter. Then Homer starts playing golf because. If there's nothing else to do and there's a golf course there, what else yeah. are you gonna you're gonna play golf? You're gonna go you're gonna break into Tom Kite's locker and you're gonna steal his clubs. Yes, if you're gonna if you get to play golf for free, you're gonna take that opportunity every day of the yeah. week, aren't you? I loved the way like Tom Kite does a really great cameo here. He's got a really yeah. good all American voice. Yep. Like it just sounds commanding the when he talks. Like <laughs> You know, Homer, the traditional way to cheating golf is to lower your score. That's one way. <laughs> I'm PGA Tour Pro Tom Kite. How about I give you a few pointers on your game? Now, you don't want to overthink. Not an issue. Keep your head down. Huh? Pretend there's no one else here. <laughs> and just go at your own pace. Wow, very impressive. You're a natural, Mr. Simpson. Really? Uh-huh. All you need is your own set of clubs. And stay the hell out of my locker. You can keep the shoes. But I love it when Homer's just naturally good at something. It's yeah. Two out of three episodes now. Team Homer, naturally good at bowling. Yeah. He's, he's an all-round athlete. <laughs> so next thing we've got Homer in bed, sort yes. of reading up on golf, learning yeah. a little bit more about like golf it. Golf dummies, I think. Did you like pick up... There's a sort of... Uh, I flicked around and found something on Reddit. There's a bit of a double meaning to this joke here. Okay. I um, didn't quite get the book title. Oh, I didn't catch it. But I thought that's what you were going to explain. No, okay, no, no. Continue. Yep. What he says out loud. So he was like, did you know that Kennedy and Lincoln had the same handicap? Mm-hmm. So did you know what that relates to? I just assumed golf. Okay, so th- no. Um, there are a couple things. Firstly, there's a whole bunch of... This was a chain mail that's been doing around. Now, whether or not this was... Um, I assume these are true. I've not fact-checked all of mm-hmm. these, but Lincoln was elected... They better be true. Lincoln was elected to Congress in 1846. JFK was elected to Congress in 1946. Lincoln elected president in 1860, Kennedy president in 1960. The names Lincoln and Kennedy each contain seven letters. Both were champions of civil rights. Both wives lost their children while living in the White House. Both presidents were shot on a Friday. Both presidents were shot in the head. Lincoln's secretary, Kennedy, warned him not to go to the theater. Kennedy's secretary, Lincoln, warned him not to go to Dallas. Both were assassinated by Southerners. Both were succeeded by Southerners. Both successors were named Johnson. Andrew Johnson, who succeeded Lincoln, was born in 1808. Lyndon Johnson, who succeeded Kennedy, was born in 1908. John Wilkes Booth was born in 1839. Lee Harvey Oswald was born in 1939. Both assassins were known by their full three names. Both names are comprised of 15 letters. Booth ran from a theatre and was caught in a warehouse. Oswald ran from a warehouse and was caught in a theatre. Booth and Oswald were both assassinated before their trials. So, the joke being that they've also got the same handicap. Yeah, so they're thrown in that they've also got the same handicap. Or... Or what? <laughs> or they're related to the physical handicap, as in, to put it bluntly, they both had a hole in their head. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I thought of going there, and I thought, no, be respectful. Hey, I'm just reading from Reddit. 
<laughs> the most respectful place on the internet. Yes. <laughs> the most credible source on the internet as well. Uh, the front page of the internet, Dando. <laughs> <laughs> so, Homer is he's right into golf now, isn't he? Yeah. And Marge is now learning she has to change her dress because she got... We, didn't, we forgot to mention it, but Sue Sin paid out the fact that she doesn't change her dress. We actually skipped over quite a key scene, so... The women are playing cards at the country club. Yep. And we get the great inner monologue with Marge and her hair. Huh? We've got a winning hand. We can take the rest of the tricks. Ooh, you better be careful. The purpose of this game is to make friends. You don't make friends by winning. Still, there's nothing more popular than a gracious winner. Don't ask me. I'm just here. Your head stopped 18 inches ago. Mmm. Queen of Hearts. I believe all the rest are ours. Well played. We could have stopped them if you had changed to a different suit. I thought perhaps changing suits had gone out of fashion. Eh, Marge? (laughs) (laughs) It makes Marge feel very conscious about the fact that she's wearing the same dress. So Marge knows that she has to change it, which is what she's doing when Homer's reading the uh, golf book in bed. Homer, just slap some bumper stickers in it and come to bed, Marge. (laughs) (laughs) Such a mad thing to say. Uh, they all then compliment Marge on her new dress. Uh, is Marge playing? Oh, she's playing. Is it croquet? What's the What's the game they're playing outdoors? Where you pop it, like hit a ball like, through with the a, with a hammer. Gates. Yeah, that's like a croquet. Yeah, they're playing croquet. And Lisa's happy on a horse. She's found something better than complaining. So Lisa now has something to do. Yeah. And this is where Evelyn mentions that she's gonna offer a sponsorship. She's gonna sponsor yeah. Marge for the country club. Yeah. And Marge says, "I'll be there." Which about. is a really nice thing. To it do. is really. Evelyn's very, very nice. But they would not. Be, the Simpsons family would not be able to afford to get in there on their own. Of course not. And you, you just, I just guess I always thought that Evelyn and that were the, the bad people because they were the rich snobs. But really, yeah. they were just they were pleasant and they were polite and they were always nice to Marge. Yeah, they they wanted to include her. Yeah, uh, she says she'll be there with bells on, and then Sue Sin chimes in with the bells. Where exactly will you be attaching them to that mangled Chanel suit? <laughs> oh, don't worry, Marge. Her idea of wit is nothing more than an incisive observation, humorously phrased and delivered with impeccable timing. I'm sure you'll be a smash at the ball, and I just know you'll have a lovely new outfit. Then we get Homer in the toilet. Yes, <laughs> the lavatory linksman. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the sound effects are great. Cheek, boom, yep, Cheek, boom. <laughs> Uh, can you do it in the disabled toilet? And does it as well. It's and really good animation of him playing golf as well. Like, you can yeah. tell they clearly looked at people chipping. Yep. Or uh, someone on the staff must have played golf. I love the animation of Burns' little swagger, his little jiggle. Yeah. When, yeah. He's, when he's practicing in the in his office. So, Mr. Burns is watching on his television and he wants to challenge Homer to a game because he feels he's a good golfer because in his mind, he's always won. He's always won. Yeah. He, he let Nixon win once. He let Nixon win once. Oh, I can't go to prison, Monty. They'll leave me alone. Burns doing a Nixon impression. Yes. Amazing. Be- which would have been difficult for Shearer in that Shearer does a phenomenally good Nixon impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to stay in character and not drip, not drop too much into uh, Nixon, that's just a, it's a great piece of vocal control. Yep, yep, yep. And like I said, I didn't realise that that story came so late in the episode. It's near the end yeah. of, of the second act. By and the time they get started going, playing yeah. it. So Homer's really excited the fact that he's going to get to play Mr. Burns. He believes if he can beat him, beat him, then that means oh, a lot, you know. Hey, I'm sorry. Just before we get that, maybe this Homer Nixon is a relation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so, sir. They both spell and pronounce their names differently. <laughs> <laughs> well, get him on the line, anyone, and challenge him to a game of golf. And Marge just says to Homer, she says, please, still like you mentioned before, don't brag. Don't be stupid. I really want to get in here. Don't be yeah. yourself, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Pretend to be someone that you're not. Because they're judging us. Yeah. When really, I don't think they are. No, they're not. It's just that perception of... Yeah. You think that... When, when you're you know not, when you're not a like, rich person, you think that the rich people do judge you. Yeah. Or it, famous people can be the same thing. Like, yeah. 
you so you're at a buffet. You're having breakfast. Like you're at a hotel. You're at a buffet breakfast. You look to your right. Gary Ablett's there. You're going to be fucking terrified to say anything because you're like, oh my god, it's Gary Ablett. Like, what if I say the wrong thing? Gary Ablett, a famous footballer for non-Australians. Yes. Um, whereas he's going, oh, maybe he doesn't want someone to approach. But like, if you just went, hey mate, do you mind passing me the butter? He's not going to be like, I'm fucking Gary Ablett. <laughs> Does <laughs> get your own butter. <laughs> he's just going to go, oh yeah, sure, man. Picks like up, slams it on your head. Like that. He's just still a human being at the end of the day. Like, but you build them up to be something that they're not. So you end up seeing like fo- putting on your perceived failings yeah. as judgment from them. I always laugh when people say, "Oh, great guy, so down to earth." They never expect a famous person to be down to earth. Like yeah, being no. down, being a normal person is a winning factor of a celebrity. Oh, yeah. It becomes a positive trait to just, just be... Oh, I like them now. They're normal. To just be decent. <laughs> yes, just to be an actual person. So Lisa's very excited as well. The fact that she's found something good to do. She's riding the ponies at, or riding the horses at the country club. Yep. And she just wants to talk to Marge. Granted, she does get very annoying in this scene. A little she's obnoxious. Going, Marge, 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 yeah, Marge, yeah, yeah. Marge, 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 Marge. And... Marge tells her to shut up. And Lisa yeah. just sort of stops and leaves. It's those moments where, see, my mum very rarely yelled. My dad would yell a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. But when mum yelled, you knew, stop what you're doing because she only yells when it's you're doing something very, very wrong. And Lisa has that sort of look here. Okay, mum's yelling at me. I need to stop and leave. Yeah. I don't think, have we ever seen Marge yell at Lisa? Truly yell Ooh, at her. Or not like in this. In anger. No, I don't think we have either. She's yelled at Bart. Yeah. Then Marge accidentally ruins the dress. And this is just tips her off. (gasps) At times like this, I guess all you can do is laugh. It's a great silence. Oh, one of the best. One of the best fades to commercials ever. Yeah. It's so great. As it goes on, it just makes me laugh more and more. Yes, yeah, yeah. We come back and Marge has gone to Patty and Samuels for help. Probably not the yes. best place to go for help. No, probably not. But where else is she going to turn? Last minute. Like, yeah, because yeah. it's the morning of the night, isn't it? Yeah. Morning of the day. Morning yeah. of, yes. Of the party. Morning of the day before the night. Yes. Um, the sisters, are, I like the, um, this one was originally a Halloween costume, but found its way <laughs> into my regular rotation. <laughs> Barely fits Marge. Yeah. Marge looks pretty fine in it though. Yeah, for a cartoon character. going in for that sort of thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Homer and Burns then begin their game. This is where this is my favorite. I just love the whole golfing scenario. Yeah, uh, I just love the smugness of Burns. Oh, hang he on. just really thinks it's the best. I'm so sorry. I just flashed back to a great Homer moment from earlier yeah. in the episode that I forgot. Tom yeah. Kite, um, mm. try not to overthink. Not a problem. Yes, <laughs> so great. Anyway, uh, so yeah, like when Burns, I can't remember what Burns says, but he gives him a fair bit of chatter on the opening, on the first well, the, day. The Homer's, um, Homer's first shot of shit. He goes, yes, you're in deep dough now. Oh, no, it's not that. He says something else to him. And Does there's he? just a pause with Homer. He's like, yes. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> like did, didn't, uh, find the clip. Yes. Find the clip. Good morning, Mr. Burns. Beautiful day to be outside, isn't it? Rant on, Simpson. But your vainglorious boasting will only add savour to my inevitable triumph. Yes. He is you, Mr. Burns, at golf. <laughs> if, this, if you and I went and played golf, you would be Burns and I would be Homer. I did like the idea of the <laughs> monogrammed bol- uh, golf How balls. How good is that? Yeah, nice no, little pretty touch. sweet. You would be Homer as well with like just crushing it off the tee and just woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Homer has to hit out of the bunker. Now, actually, before we get into that, I've written here, Smithers runs off into the distance. 
But when you're watching this for the first time, you don't really pay attention to that. No, you don't, you don't notice it. No, you just know that he's making good pace. Yeah, it's yeah. just oh, you don't sort of go, "What's he doing?" It's yeah. just oh, there goes Smithers. So Homer's in the sand bunker, mm. and what does Mister Burns suggest? Mm, open face club sandwich. <laughs> Burns then <laughs> hits a very shit uh, hit off the tee. Yeah, has a massive hook on a yeah. dog <laughs> on a dog leg right par five. <laughs> oh, a cunning stratagem, sir. It's curving right toward the green, and it's there. He got to the green in one shot. How can that old man hit so far? Now keep your head down. Ignore all distractions. My favorite moment in the whole episode. Just that Tom Kite bailing on him. That's what (laughs) that's what tops it off. And the fact that Krusty was still there yeah. later on when Homer leaves, yeah. he steps on his head. <laughs> so Marge has then gone to the outlet mall where she found the original Wenal dress or yes. Wainall dress. Wainall dress. Well, Wainall beads. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but she can't find anything good. But I love little clitters here. What time and how burnt? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, for the active wear. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know active wear was a thing back then. Neither. I thought no. it was a modern... Yeah. So then Homer has a shot and he hears someone get hit in the head with the ball. And it smithers. And what's he doing up there, Mitch? While laying reptile eggs. Yes. <laughs> Smithers, what are you doing up here? What are you doing with this ball? And all those other balls. Uh, no, there are no other balls. Uh, just these uh, reptile eggs. Oh, step away. They're endangered. These aren't reptile eggs. You've been cheating. No matter where Mr. Birch hit the ball, you put a fresh one on the green. <gasps> cheating? For me? Good Lord, Smithers, that's patently unnecessary. I'm one of the world's finest golfers. In all the years you've caddied for me, I've never lost it. Ooh. No, you're not the best golfer here. Wait till I tell everyone about this. You stink. Be honest, have you ever cheated at golf? Have you ever dropped the ball when you couldn't find it? Oh, no. No, I've never done that. How have you cheated? Have you forgotten a shot or...? No, I've never never cheated by counting or anything along those lines. Had a windy in Nelton candidate? I've probably done that when I was younger. Yeah. Give it the odd... No, it was a practice swing. <laughs> like if they weren't right next to you. You're yeah. like, oh, no, 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 I was just practicing. Yes. <laughs> um, I've seen... My dad used to play golf with one of my mates' dads all the time. And so many times I'd see him look for a ball and just throw one on the green. Or just... I'd not yeah. the green, just throw one on the fairway. I, I'll tell you, there's a difference though in that if I'm playing in an actual event and it's counting towards handicaps and you're paying like you're playing entry fees and that sort of thing then absolutely not 100% never would cheat. Okay. If you're having a casual hit, that's a different story. Like if you're just out there for fun, then the rules become a little bit more liberal with what you're doing. Yeah, well, if I, if I met with a friend and they can't find the ball, I'll just say, just hit another one. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. We're just yeah. here for fun anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I would never cheat when I was actually competing. Okay. Because we've got we've to tone down how much bad stuff you do because the listeners don't like it now, do they? A couple of them. Yes. A couple of them turned. But then apparently they don't like it when I tell them about how I'm sometimes a nice person as well and then I get called an egomaniac. <laughs> Homer catches Mr. Burns. Well, it's not Mr. Burns cheating because Mr. Burns had no idea. That's the thing. Mr. Burns wasn't the bad guy here. Yeah, which is a nice way of doing that. Yeah. It's very true to who Smithers would be. Yeah. Very true. Well, uh, very true to the fact that Burns would not be able to win at all. He just wants to see Mr. Burns happy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice that it would. It worked. Yeah. And I love I how, will... how humbled Burns gets here. He's like, ooh. ooh. He just hides behind Smithers. Yeah. He knows that this is bad for him yeah. as well. <laughs> um, Burns, just as a side note, is yeah. wearing his glove on the wrong hand. 
in this. I don't know if it was throughout the entire match, but so certainly I don't wear scene, gloves in golf. What hand should it be on? Your if you're a right-hander, right-hander, you would wear a left-handed glove. So how do they sort of talk their way out of this? Because Homer's going to go brag, and then Smithers says, "Well, if you don't, Mr. Burns put in a glove application for your family to join the country club." Homer says, "I don't care about your country club, but does your wife?" Yeah. So there's no way Homer can brag about this. Yeah, exactly. Or tell anybody, basically. Um, he's, he's sort of been succumbed by Marge's desire to be part of the country club. We got a, a reply in there, by the way, that perhaps, uh, perhaps there might be a commentary that I haven't listened to saying oh, that the, the, Chanel the Chanel logo might who, have been... Who wrote this? Uh, in the Facebook group? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Gerard Arahill. Gearoid. Gearoid. Um, Henry Sabat was saying, or Sabat, saying that he thinks for legal reasons they couldn't show the logo, if he recalls correctly. Okay. And then later in the scene where she's driving down, they also show Chanel Obscured. They just show the, she hate, uh, the CHA. So it could have perhaps just been that it was drawn poorly, and that would be why the thumb was obscuring it. But I still like to go with my alternate theory, even if it's not Myth true. Myth busted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So back at home, and Marge has a brand new dress because she ruined her other one. And the family all compliment her, saying how great she looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa you is are looking fabulous. Yeah, and Lisa's just like, oh my God, you bought a new dress? Tell me all about it. And Lisa just wants to just wants to engage with her mum. Well, she wants to know about the dress. Like, how much did it cost? She doesn't care that her mum spent money. Mm. She's just glad that her mum spoiled herself. Yeah. And Marge is just... What did it cost? A dollar. With tax or without tax? Yes, I guess Marge is just guilty of the fact that she spent the family's life savings on this one dress. Yes. Just because As she would be. Yes, just because she wants to... It's actually a pretty terrible thing. Yeah. When you think about it, because the way they're super selfish. Yeah. And the way they write themselves out of it is that they get credit at Chanel. But why would the family need credit at Chanel? Yeah, obviously that's a joke. Well, because they have beer and gum. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully they do anyway. That's enough to appease Homer. Yes. We've lost our life savings. Can I get beer from it? All right. I'm not mad. Yeah. They pull in. And this is the moment you mentioned before where Marge won't let them drive a car up to the front. Homer, what are you doing? Driving up to the main building. They got valet parking tonight. We can't drive this up there. They'll see the dent. They'll see the coat hanger antenna. Stop the car. We're walking. Marge, valets. For once, maybe someone will call me sir without adding, you're making a scene. My family had a coat hanger antenna for a while. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure that my, we ever had a car with a coat hanger antenna, but it's a um, it's a quintessential 90s thing to do to a car. Yeah. 80s, 90s. What about a coat hanger uh, aerial for your television? Never had one of those either, actually. But we did used to have a TV with bunny ears. I think we all did at one point. Yeah. yeah. So the family are all walking in through the sprinklers because Marge is making them walk. But they're all they're still super pumped to be involved, aren't they? They're like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to tell... Remember the story I tried to tell on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to bleep me this time? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Not tonight. No vulgarity. No mischief. No politics. Just be good. I'm sorry, Mom. I'll behave. I won't say anything controversial. I just won't say anything, okay, honey? I love Homer's, I just won't say anything, okay, honey? Oh, that's heartbreaking, <laughs> yeah, that line. Yeah, you really feel bad for the family because they are doing their best. They're supporting Marge and they, yep. they just want to be involved as well and like it for the reasons they want to like it, but Marge yeah. is not letting them. Yeah, exactly. Not letting them be themselves. Um, I, I felt the end, though, where Homer sort of is in-your-face humanity, the turning point for Marge, I was just, I don't know, it feels a bit forced. Now, well, now we can see how bad we truly are. Uh, it just seemed like odd. that particular line just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it didn't necessarily need to be there. She could have had that same realization without having Homer yeah. spell it out. It just sort of came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But it, 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 that the, might just be one of those moments of, oh, yeah, no, I don't know. 
I was going to say maybe it's a concession to people that aren't as good at pe- putting the pieces together themselves, but mm. I don't actually think it no. would help those people. So nope. no, no, probably no. just it's a semi-funny line, but it it's yeah a little heavy-handed. Yes, the moment though that takes the cake of Marge just truly changing is the way she frowns at Maggie. Yeah, it makes Maggie feel bad. Yeah. She then has a great line here, and I don't know if you picked up the sim, uh, not the, the significance of this line. Where Marge, yeah, where she says, "I wouldn't want to join any club that would have this me as a member." Mm-hmm. Yep. So you wear the, I think it was a Groucho Marx quote: "I wouldn't join any club that would have me as a member." Oh, okay, no, I didn't say it was a quote. Yeah, so well, that was like that is the original quote: "I wouldn't want to be part of any club that would have me as a member." Which you know, funny, funny line. Yeah, but her saying oh, that would have this me. Yep. So she don't want to be a part of anything that makes her be who she's become. That's it. The irony being, yes. they all just wanted her to be her. Yeah. yeah. Just If she hadn't changed at all, she'd still be fine. Yeah. I hope she didn't take my attempt to destroy her too seriously. And Burns has baked the cake for Homer. He, yeah. he feels terrible. He Pickled feels, figs. He feels genuinely terrible that, that he was cheating all these times. Yeah. Well, I wonder where Marge could be. She's missing her own initiation. I hope she didn't take my attempt to destroy her too seriously. <gasps> With Homer... Oh, and to think I spent all afternoon baking him this cake. Mmm. I, I pickled the figs myself. Then the family are at Krusty Burger, where yep. they feel more comfortable. i I got to be honest, I didn't love this last scene. I felt like this was gilding the lily a little bit. Like it was, you'd already told your story. This scene was just a recap and spelling out the point in case anyone had missed the last 20 minutes. Particularly having pimply faced teenager going, oh boy, I'd hate to be I'd hate to be stuck in this dump. Yeah. Um, I, I just felt like I was like, well, you're not actually giving me anything that I haven't seen over the last 22 minutes here. How just, would you end it then? The pan out with the family walking back across the field to the car. Yeah, I think that would have been with fine. silhouettes in the window of people. In the oh, even if that, like you know, just the fact that they're together, just walking. Oh, you walking know, what you could have done? been fine. You could have had that shot because they're right in front of the window, right? So Smithers and Mr. Mm. Burns, I uh, pickle the figs myself or whatever. Have them walk past. Have the have the camera pan out through the window of them walking off into the distance over the yeah. hill to the to the car yeah, again. Something like that would have been fine. Yep. Um, and you know, squeeze in some extra time throughout the episode to fill in the runtime. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, well, I learned how to cheat at golf. I'd been, I had been doing it the wrong way the whole time. Score a four, write down six. <laughs> Thought that was the aim. <laughs> I learned that country clubs are a viable source of hand towels. Javale, Javale is here. Ooh. All righty, Mitch. Mailbag time. What have you got for us this week? Uh, Jason Cannon. With a uh, little story that he... An embarrassing story for the next recording. He's been following the show since 2016 and is happy to donate to the show through Patreon. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Jason. Since the end of February, though, he hadn't received any bonus content. Thinking this is odd, I messaged Dando. He messaged Dando to ask if everything is okay. Wake up, Dando. Wake up, Wake up Dando. Dando. So he lives in the UK and forgot the time difference, so he messaged him at midnight. Uh, Dando, lovely by yourself, um, actually responded. Um... <laughs> Turns out, long and short of it, Jason um, he had an updated card details or something like that. The debit wasn't coming through. But what I really enjoyed here is the thread of comments that have come through. So he uh, popped in. Nobody, t- Homer hiding under the table. Nobody talked to me. A man so deeply in their debt doesn't deserve it. <laughs> the Lydia Burnsmeyer Rulo stealing. How could you? Haven't you learned anything from that guy who gives those sermons at church? Captain, what's his name? I put the Homer from Team Homer. You're off the team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then Kristen Nell comes back with Don't Feel Bad. Sure, you've made mistakes, but that's why pencils have erasers. Yes. Um, I, I just I loved that, not 
for the fact that, you know, Jason was missing out on his things, but just for that little community spirit of memes that came yep. through off the back of that story. And it was just, very cool. For just $2 a month, you can get access to that community. It's a great little community we've got going down there in Four Finger Discount, isn't it, Mitch? It is really, really phenomenal. I really enjoy it. We've got an email in here that came through from Steph Kristevsky, who mm-hmm. has been listening for a, lot, a while now. Yeah. Um, doesn't listen chronologically, but really enjoys it. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. As much as Steph would love to be a Patreon subscriber, she's a poor student in need of three monies. Although she does have the no kids part sorted. Um, what I really like, this is another one uh, where like she started listening, forces the boyfriend into listening. The boyfriend, not big on The Simpsons, but likes it when we just go off on random tangents. So... Um, We'll keep that coming because that's yes. the one thing that I'm good at. Uh, outside of that, Steph has pointed out that she was voted um, most likely to quote Simpsons in every situation in high school. Like yeah. that, that's her yearbook photo. Which, if you could get, like, if you have the yearbook, Steph, get that through to us and we can post that up onto something. Yes. We'll get it somewhere. We have somewhere to post things. Uh, Mark Kamiski. Hi, Mitch and Dan. My name's Mark. Well, I've covered that. From Northern Ireland, and I just started listening to your podcast, which has been one of the highlights of the trips to college in Belfast. Cool. Being a Simpsons fan for as long as he can remember, he wants to know what is it that drew you to the show in the first place and why the classic seasons still hold up decades later. What drew me was the fact that I wasn't allowed to watch it. So it was like forbidden fruit yeah. for you? Yeah, Okay. Seeing all my friends loving the show yep. and me not being able to experience it. Yeah, I think what drew it for me was that it was just so different to any other cartoon. I mean, you're a kid. You naturally look for cartoons. If something's animated, you're like, okay, I'm going to watch this. So Care Bears or uh, Smurfs or Care Bears again. Um, Like whatever it was that was drawn, that was your medium. And then The Simpsons came along and it looked like what I was used to watching, but it didn't sound like what I was used to watching. It was different to everything else. So that was what drew me in. You mentioned this in the book too, that it was the first time you could watch a cartoon with your parents. Yeah, definitely. I don't know that that necessarily hooked me initially though, but certainly as I grew a little bit and came to appreciate what that actually meant, that became really important to me. And you didn't realize when you were a kid either that your parents were laughing at things that were completely different to what you were laughing at. (laughs) And that's part of what makes the classic seasons last so long. A, they work on different levels, but B, they're, they're about really timeless topics it's about family and character and all that sort of stuff that it doesn't rely on technology for its story to work it doesn't rely very heavily like there might be side gags but it doesn't really rely of a particular time they're they're about you know if lisa goes on about the environment the messages that she's talking about are still as relevant today if not more like everything from those early episodes can can fit in today's environment it's very rare that we say a joke on the simpsons is dated as well it's very true. It's yeah, usually not it's usually many. just the technology yeah. that's, that's a, that appears in the show that's dated. For example, a, tele, a telephone. Yeah, I think there's actually there's one shot in Bart versus Australia where Bart is using a phone with a cord, looking at a phone book, yeah. and looking at a map of yeah. a globe. Yeah, that's just nineties yeah. right there. <laughs> if he had an atlas on the table, yeah. <laughs> remember um, the old desk that had the the map on it? Oh yeah 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 I do remember those. Uh, Nicholas Conroy writes in, "Hey guys." Um, now, firstly, he needs to share a joke that he laughed at more than he cares to admit. Okay. Have you read this? No. All right. I'm 50-50 on the joke, but we'll see. A man is sitting next to a grieving widow at her husband's funeral. He turns to the widow and asks if it's okay if he gets up to say a word. With the widow's approval, the man stands up and says, Plethora. When the man sits back down, the widow turns to him and says, Thanks. It means a lot. Uh, well, I'm going to be a dad soon. It's a dad joke. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good dad joke. 
secondly, he wanted to share something that he thought raises an interesting point. So um, we were talking about the Simpsons becoming very self-referential and referring back to yeah. their own jokes, their own episodes, blah, blah, blah. What he was thinking, when you look at older episodes, they reference pop culture brilliantly from the last 20, 10 to 20 years. However, now that they've become so ingrained in pop culture, to continue to reference pop culture, he's arguing that perhaps they basically need to reference themselves. Do you agree or disagree, Dando? Is it Ready Player Simpsons? So, he's saying that he thinks The Simpsons needs to reference themselves. Yeah, that because they are pop culture... But the characters don't things. know that. That's very true. And that is one thing that often, when The Simpsons was referencing pop culture in those early seasons, they weren't... The characters themselves weren't referencing Full Metal Jacket. They were just saying a line that happened to be from Full Metal Jacket. Yes. Whereas, yeah, now it's like it, it comes across as a very more deliberate way of, you know, it's like that time you jump, jump Springfield Gorge, like as opposed to just having something happen and be, as you said, an homage or a parody. But there's still a lot of pop culture that you could parody that is not The Simpsons. I think The Simpsons now relies a little bit too much on having a guest star. They, they, they just create these characters just to, just to get a guest star on the show. I, I feel like they just need to stop writing stories around a new character that's never going to be seen again just so they can get Lady Gaga on the show. Mm. And just so they can get insert random celebrity here on the show. Yeah, but they they still used to do that. It just didn't Not come so across much, that way. Yeah, they, they managed like to... Like the Michael Jackson thing, Leon Komkowski. But that was so in your face. But it also works as an episode. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Wait. that. Th- that's... I don't think it's necessarily the thing of, oh, they can't write to try to get celebrities on because they used to do it very well. They just need to do a better job of it. Yeah, well, I mean, look at the episode, uh, was it two seasons ago where it premiered where Homer and Marge were getting a divorce? Yeah, uh, was it Lena Dunham? It was the chick from Go- Girls or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, just, ugh, just... Is it Dunham? I think I've got a... I, I might have got a Apparently you mispronounced um, Trump's wife's name wrong as well. Yeah, how was I pronouncing it? Melania? Is it Melania? I don't know. Melanoma? I don't know. I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I'll probably get it wrong as well. Actually, someone else also said it got, they don't like the show when we start talking about politics. Yes, so let's not talk about politics. <laughs> um, now, uh, Nicholas also has a question after uh-huh. the back of all of this. Is there an activity or an event? This is not Simpsons related. Well, it's kind of cool. Nicholas, he just got a question. No, he didn't. He made a point. And then I asked you a question off the back of his Oh, point. I thought because you continued reading. I thought, okay, continue. Is there an activity or an event uh, you have always wanted to do but never gotten around to doing? For example, skydiving or going to the opera. I had always wanted to go to Madison Square Garden, which I finally got to do a couple of years ago for our honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was something I always wanted to do. Something I still haven't been able to do. I don't want to go skydiving. Terrified of heights. Yeah. I can't even do the treetop adventure. Yeah, right. Okay. I can do I've it. I've never had I'm a terrified. problem with heights. I'm scared. Jumping out of a plane is different. Yeah. Um, I'm terrified. I, so I have sk- Gone skydiving. You have? Now that I've done it once. You've done I have, skydiving? Yeah. When? Uh, it was for, I did it for Ash's birthday. She had always really wanted to do it. So I took her skydiving on her birthday, I don't know, six years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. It was up at Ely Beach. It was a beautiful part of the world to do it. I have absolutely no desire to ever do it again. It's one of those things that's like, righto, I've done that once. I know how that feels. I do not need to relive that fear. Yep. Um, what had happened Describe, to me? What's go- what was going through your mind five seconds before you... Got pushed out. A whole lot of maths. Yeah? Yeah. I was like, 
well, statistically, I'll be fine. That was my only way to be able to do it. I was like, think of the many thousands of jumps that are done in a in Australia alone every day, every week, every year, and how often do you hear about... Like, the only reason you think about skydiving accidents is because you only ever hear about skydiving accidents. No one ever talks about the jumps that were successful. Like, don't worry about this, Mitch. Statistically speaking, you are in more trouble when you get into a car, when you drive to work, blah, 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 yep. blah, blah, blah. And I did that so hard and so well that I actually kind of forgot to be excited and enjoy the ride on the way down. Like, I was just... So how how far down before you could enjoy it? Before you can go, okay, this is fine. Oh, no, the whole time I was fine. That's the thing. I didn't oh, really? get much of an adrenaline rush for it because I talked myself almost into like this zen-like state without realizing <laughs> it because otherwise I would have thrown up everywhere <laughs> with just the irrational fear <laughs> of what the fuck am I doing? Um, for do you, know, do you know what I've always wanted to do? It's watch a live sitcom. Sit in the crowd for a sitcom. Oh, really? I've okay. never experienced that. Have you ever been to a live sitcom? Not for a sitcom. I've been to live tapings of TV shows. Like not, Seinfeld not or something, something that's... Very successful on television at the time. Go there and watch it live. Yeah. I've always kind of wanted to be the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> what about um, the Denver Broncos? Will you settle for that? Uh, if I... Something something attainable, but something that I've never done. You know, as simple as this is, you know in movies when characters have a scene and they're on the roof of a really tall building? Like they get like this little access hatch? Like The Departed or something mm. like that where DiCaprio and Damon have a fight. I've always wanted to be on the like to stand on the roof of a skyscraper and look down with no protection. Yeah, just go up to the roof, preferably with a ledge, but just go up to the roof, have a look over. Like, I, if I'm ever in like a fifty-story building, my only thought is, how do I get to the roof of this bastard? Like, how do? <laughs> where's the hidden door that, yeah. that allows me up the top? Secret elevator that goes to the penthouse. Yeah, yeah, and then one above the penthouse. Yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, we'll wrap the mailbag up on this. Okay. Um, Adam Nelson chipping in with his interpretation of the Apu controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, so suggesting that we've perhaps had a, that we'd perhaps missed the point of the argument being made against Apu, which is highly likely because, as we've said the whole way, we have not seen not the documentary. It, yeah. which so is we're, we're trying to avoid it. <laughs> we, yeah. So he was saying that it's not so much that he's a stereotype because we were talking about how they were calling him out for being a stereotype. Yeah. While he believes that people are annoyed about that too, I don't think it's the main point, but that he was an Indian character voiced by a white non-Indian actor in Hank Azaria. Um, so in some, some people are going to view that as racist casting, white, you know, uh, what's the whitewashing and that sort of thing that goes mm-hmm. on in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does, did, does agree though, that we were correct in saying that the Simpsons response to the matter was completely hand fisted and unwarranted. So I, again, I we will get to watching the documentary because I'm sure, I'm sure it makes points that I'm going to agree with and some that I'll disagree with, and it'll be a, it'll be an interesting watch if nothing else. But until then, I'm I really can't commit to anything. Yeah, I'm not going to. Should lay it on. we watch it and actually have a proper opinion on it? I think so because it keeps coming up. Where can you watch it? It's not it's not on YouTube, is it? Is it on YouTube? I haven't come across it. Maybe Netflix. I smell a Patreon exclusive. Possibly. See how we go. Speaking of Patreon exclusives, what have we just started doing, Mitch? Futurama podcast, yes. which is a lot of fun. We just did Space Pilot 3000. Yep. Our next one is the, the series. series has landed. Yes, episode two. But So we dropped the first episode on the regular feed so you could get a taste of what that is like if you enjoyed us talking about Futurama. There's a lot to dive into with Futurama with the... Hidden languages and codes and maths jokes and so much stuff that yeah. goes into that. 
I've gone blank. What do you do? Patreon. You go to patreon.com <laughs> forward slash four finger discount. And for the first episode, because it was the pilot, we sort of took the approach of more so discussing the show as a whole, its impact on our lives and pop culture in general. Yep. From episode two onwards, we do the, the typical sort of four finger discount format. We discuss the show and then go more of an episode in depth rundown. Yes. But also on Patreon, you can get access to movie reviews, top 10 podcasts. They're all there. I'm seeing the Avengers Infinity War tomorrow. Tomorrow. Which is launch day in Australia. Um, so we'll do a Patreon exclusive yeah. review of that. Will you be seeing it soon? I'll be seeing it probably Thursday. Uh, all right, brilliant. So we will catch up and definitely be talking Avengers Infinity War. Yes, the we'll get our early man. non-spoiler reviews have come in. Yes, and they are phenomenal. The movie guy. I say it as early. Speak. I say early for non-patrons. This episode's going out in a week yeah, and a yeah. half. But the pre pre-launch reviews have looked incredible. Our man Guy Davis is seeing it as we speak. That. Makes me hurt a little bit inside. <laughs> Guy didn't need a date. He invited me. He goes, do you want to come? I was like, I'm recording the podcast. I yeah. better ask me yesterday. I might have been able to push it back, but no. Sorry. Oh. Doesn't matter. But only a couple of days. Let's get Guy Davis in, our movie review yeah. specialist. Shit, yes. To discuss the Avengers. It's, it's only got, three hours long. It's two hours and 49 minutes or something like that. Apparently it's going to be a close to like four to five hour movie. 76 characters. I can't tell you how many characters. But no, I, I am telling you. Okay. <laughs> but I know how... Well, you said it's sort of like, you're like is this 76? No, there's... there's well, well, that's 70. Don't question me, 70 down. something. 76 characters, two hours, 50 minutes. This is the longest of Marvel's movies. And yeah, every, everything has looked positive. I know some pretty... I'm not going to say obviously, but I know some pretty major Yeah, I don't spoilers. even want to hear you say that. Because you know what happened Sunday? Like, I can... When you know someone long enough and you're trying yeah. to keep secrets or like you're trying to keep away from information, even hearing someone say... Anything about it, I start reading yeah. into it. I know, so, but I know how frustrating it is. To, I, I won't yeah. tell you, I because I, I work at work. To, I don't seriously. I don't even need to know what you're about to say. No, 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 stop. Because what happened Sunday? Mm. I was out. Um, the football was on. I'd recorded the football. I went on full radio silence. I put my phone on um, flight mode. Why? Because I, I didn't want to see the score before I got home to watch. Oh, you're gonna watch the replay? I was, yeah, I was late, so I I had to like you know h recorded on um, yeah. on Foxtel. Where were you again, sorry? I was down in the Otways with okay. some friends. Um, anyway, so Ash then gives it, like, before I, I talked to her, I'm like, do not say anything about the football. And she's like, oh, okay, because I knew she'd been home. And all she said was, oh, so you, uh, you're you going to watch the first half? Why say that? So I was like, right, so Hawthorne get fucked over in the first half of the game, do they? She's like, I didn't say that. I'm going, yes, you did. Yeah. Without knowing it. In your eyes, in your tone of voice, you just told me everything that's about to happen. Yeah. Which is why... And she's like, I'm not going to talk about it. Like, you just did talk about it. Yeah. Which is why I'm cutting you off but right this now. Is not, but, but, but this is not about Avengers. I don't even need to know what you know. No, no. It's just the only bad thing about my job is you learn things about movies that you okay. wish you didn't know. Okay. That's the only thing. Okay. Even that, I feel. Something's, <laughs> something's going to happen. Something will happen in this movie. You're going to get a text message. It's about <laughs> 7.45 tomorrow night. Go on, motherfucker. I knew something was going to happen. I knew something was going to happen that I would have wanted to know before I went in. I didn't know Thanos was going to be in this film. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening to our review of Scenes of Class Struggle in Springfield. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, as we mentioned just before, patreon.com slash discounts the best way to support the show. Mm-hmm. You know what my goal is? To quit my job and just do podcasting. Yeah, okay. Because got the baby on the way. What better? Just work, work from home, look after the kid, and just do podcasts. Just edit podcasts yeah. all day. Hey, man, a dream's a dream. Yes, a dream is a dream. So if you guys want to make that dream a reality, patreon.com slash four-finger discount. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Just when you are in the bunker, guys, um, position the ball a little bit in front of centre, bend at the knees, uh, wider stance than normal, flatten out your swing, weight forward, and just 
kiss underneath that ball like a hot knife going through butter. Shh. Next week on Four Finger Discount. You gotta hand it to Krusty. Yeah, even with all his problems, he's still willing to do something unbelievably dangerous just to entertain his fans. Oh, that's my Krusty. I got a feeling he'll be all right.